0: Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched, and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout, and I gotta tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another, and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have. Like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there. I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you And if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again. And back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of the podcast. Today, uh, I'm going to talk about using laser pointers for entertainment for your dog and how prey drive is activated and how that can kind of go sideways and become a very negative thing for your dog. Um, I also wanted to mention to you guys I really could use some supporters um, if you go to www.anchor.fm forward slash Adam casper right on that page center of the page you can go on this you can click on the support button and you can make a monthly contribution 99 cents per month 499 a month or 999 a month um, I'm trying to avoid going to a subscription based podcast so if you can contribute anything that would be awesome another way you can help out is um, rate me on your podcast provider, or follow, or subscribe. Um, word of mouth too. Tell everybody you know. You know this uh, that that gets a dog. You should listen to this podcast. Uh, it'll help. It'll help you out, um, and you'll get some good tips for free. So for right now, um, if I can get a couple of support supporters, that'd be fantastic. I also want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I also want to thank my sponsors. right CBD R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com. They have awesome pet tinctures that I give to my dog, and I I have. The- a, a supply for my clients uh they give to their dogs and I take their products myself and if you heard a little flapping there that's my dog Allie flapping her ears and she's in in my room with me and she wants to get out so let me let her out so today we're going to talk about uh dogs and and laser pointers now there is a specific training application that can be used for this and um like a lot of things when you use a tool you should really consult an expert, do your homework and learn how to use the tool. So I know there's um, there's videos I've seen there's dog trainers that uh, work with um, you know canine uh, working dogs within uh, police military and uh, law enforcement in general and they use laser pointers for specific stuff. This is not that case. It is literally the same laser pointer that you'd use in in an office setting, or you would use to play with your cat. Um, the thing with this stuff is, guys, is that it activates the dog's prey drive. And um, just recently, I came across a Rottweiler that struggled with this pretty bad. As you all know, Rottweilers are uh, from the working group, and um, they need a job to do. But also, they usually have High prey drive. And the prey drive is kind of what is very, very compelling about these dogs. So, you know, Rottweilers, Shepherds, um, even Retrievers, hunting dogs, dogs that have a purpose and have a job and a role to, to play in human life and contribute to uh, a human being. And they almost become another appendage, a partner, or even a tool, and even in some cases, a weapon for being guardians or protectors or working dogs but they need the they they usually need to have a high drive of some sort which means if the dog doesn't have that uh that interaction or that job to do they can be a little anxious but then you add on to the fact that um this laser pointer enters in the equation something happens and this is what i'm going to describe to you that had happened with the with this dog and another one. And funny enough, they were both Rottweilers. And Unfortunately, there's nothing really funny about it. Uh, the Rottweiler I'm talking about, uh, female, w- the family was uh, very loving, uh, big family. They all adore this dog. So it wasn't a cruel thing. They weren't mocking the dog, but they would use the laser pointer to entertain the dog. So the dog would chase the little uh, laser dot. And then when it would get close to something, they would shut it off and then put it away and dog would maintain a, a high level of vigilance and um over time started becoming a little bit depressed but also started to exhibit some weird behaviors so um they have a very very nice big window in in their um family room where they have all their sitting uh their, their couches and, and and chairs and stuff and their nice entertainment system and anytime a car would drive past at a certain time of day, the reflection off of the car's windows would reflect on the ceiling or on the walls and go across the room. So this would send this dog chasing that in addition over time. And they continued to play with the, the laser pointer, uh, during evenings and stuff like that. Cause they figured, Hey, it's an easy toy. I can stick it in my pocket. The dog gets wound up. They run, the dog runs around. It'll wear her out and it'll be fine. Well, the, the, the actual side effect of that was the dog became obsessed with moving shadows. The dog became obsessed with reflections. The dog became obsessed with prey that disappears. And it, the dog became very depressed and frustrated and was starting to be reactive. And and reactive in the sense that the dog was so adamant, so sure that it wanted to find the, the where this prey that the laser dot disappeared to it was trying to go through the walls it was trying to dig through doors or the floor and then it like i said it spawned off all these other things so a reflection off of somebody's jewelry or wristwatch that would be something the dog would obsess over uh, reflections coming through the window from from cars going by you name it and then outdoors the dog could even be underneath a shady tree on a uh, on a on a sunny day and the shadows that would move as the wind would blow through the, the the leaves in the tree, that movement would make the dog obsess. Likewise, the dog started really, really chasing after prey kids on moving bicycles or skateboards or anything like that. So it really became this big problem. So how do you contend with that? Well, the one thing I, I, I thought of was first of all, you, that activity has to cease. So if you know anyone that, that plays with their dog with a laser pointer, I would encourage you to stop them. Now, it's just been my experience that I had two very, very great family dogs that almost were ruined by this. And they became very obsessive. The dog I'm referring to that had just finished training, she's much, much better. And how we got through this was redirecting the dog into behaviors and that mimic play and prey drive at the same time so what did that look like first of all you guys know one of my favorite commands to do is recall and i i use a command that i call touch where i, I want the dog to ignore what they're doing come over to me at high speed enthusiastically and touch my hand with their nose and then i can reward them I can praise them, I can I can give them a, a food reward, I can give them attention, and then I can redirect them into doing something else because I've, I've engaged with them at that point. So really what it came down to was a lot of engagement training. So it was recall, it was focus drills, it was um, the touch command, it was go to place. Um, but then also what I wanted to do was substitute the chasing of the shadow or the reflection or the, the laser pointer and turn that into something positive. So associate seeing one of those things with, hey, pick up a toy, find, find a family member, let's play tug, find a toy, let's chase let's chase a ball, let's chase the Frisbee, whatever that case is and uh, whatever was nearby. And I, I literally said to the family, I, I said, I don't even care what you have. You know, you could throw a pillow across the room, um, but as long as you get the dog to chase that as opposed to the phantom, the, the ghost that disappears in the laser pointer or the shadow, um, will more likely get your dog to relax a little bit and be more confident that, hey, you know what? I never get to catch those things, but I do get to catch the, the, the family member with the, with the toy. I do, need, I do get to catch the, the human that's running away and asking for the touch command. And I do get rewarded for going to my crate or laying in my bed, and disengaging from that other activity. So when those activities were much more heavily rewarded, became very very powerful for the dog, and the dog started to relax. Now, I mean, I know uh, this is going to sound like you know uh, I'm wedging in an ad here for Right CBD, but actually, I gave the dog uh, Right CBD, um, and the dog is now on a regiment with it because part of that is a little bit of anxiety. So this dog is a family dog. Um, She's a bit older. And uh, the other Rottweiler I was referring to was a bit on the older side too. That was a male. But in both circumstances, the dog was a little anxious because no longer being a puppy, no longer being, uh, you know, boundless energy and Demanding the family's attention. Uh, you know, once the dog hits about seven years old, they kind of slow down a little bit, and uh, a big 100 pound plus Rottweiler um, will tend to kind of be a little bit of a couch potato if they have the good life. And both of these dogs, man, they had good lives. Their families loved them to pieces. They, they spoiled them, bought, the, bought them toys, lots of affection from the family, um, but not a lot of exercise, not a lot of play. So that was the other component that we started to investigate. You know, I, I kind of went around the room and I said, well, who, who's taking this dog for a walk? And, you know, really it was like a couple of members of the family. They're doing a decent job, but, you know, they could probably put their best foot forward and and improve a little bit and do a little bit more. But play, really, there was only one member of the family that was playing with the dog. And it um, turned out it was their youngest son. I think he was 11, 12 years old, and uh, he took uh, took up a lot of this and started doing the training. He did the touch command. He did go to plays. Um, I taught him how to use tug appropriately. Um, he played uh, fetch and, and did retrieval games. And then we also did uh, a scent-based game where, uh, when she would start to get anxious, you'd redirect her and set up a couple of uh, uh, party cups around the house with with food underneath it and have her. Sniff around and find where the where the treat was. All in all, guys, you take that behavior, um, that seeking prey, finding prey, capturing prey, chasing prey, killing prey, eating prey, all that stuff. If we could satiate components of that behavior and replace those with playful and and engagement with human beings, the dog could perhaps weigh out the situation and use uh, a level of conditioning where that, that doesn't affect me very well. And that's environmental. I I could disregard that. I don't need that because if I go to that, nothing ever good happens of that. But if I grab a ball and I run over and I, I see my, uh, my youngest sibling, I can play and play would be more powerful, but mainly I, I had to teach the family how to recognize when she was starting to obsess. So. I know I've mentioned many, many times on this podcast, Google um, doggy language chart. Um, Doggy language chart is a chart that was put together by um, Lily Chin. I believe she's a behaviorist and a veterinarian. Um, And she did an amazing job putting this document together. It's one sheet of paper with all the dog's body language. The thing I saw immediately with this Rottweiler recently was she looked anxious. She was fidgety. Uh, She couldn't maintain focus or her eyes weren't on a fixed location very much. And the main reason was was she was constantly scanning for this ghost prey that would go away. So needless to say, the family retired the, the laser pointer, and I believe they started it with all good intention. They played with laser pointers with cats. They thought it was fun. The dog enjoyed it the first couple of times they did it. But then, when they continued to do it, they realized okay, well, now we've gone beyond something nice and novel and and a play thing. Now we've gone to obsession. Now the dog is fixated and obsessing over stuff that isn't there and now is becoming really unraveled um, from a mental perspective and becoming very unsure of her environment and uh, very frustrated. So, this was one way. So, again, treating the dog. We had to kind of go back to basics. Let's do some basic obedience training. Let's get engagement going with the dog. So how do you, how do you do some engagement? Recall is an excellent way to start. Play is another way to do that. So we did, we did touch commands. We did go to place commands. We did the, the typical sit down, stay, come all that stuff. We, uh, we instituted a new exercise program. We changed the dog's diet a little bit. We supplemented with CBD. Now, the the family was very concerned that the dog was going to have to go to the vet and be put on some heavy sedatives. I have the feeling that they had that discussion with the vet and maybe even went to the vet for an appointment. Perhaps they got a prescription. Now this is unknown to me, but I think they might have been going down this road before they contacted me. As it turned out, they contacted me because um, of a former coworker of mine. Uh, before I was a full-time dog trainer uh, several years ago, I, I was worked for a uh, wireless telecom IT firm. And, um, one of my colleagues became, be, became friends with the, the client that are now my clients, the people that are now my clients. And, uh, he was like, yeah, listen, there's only uh, one guy. I know that's a dog trainer, but you know, apparently, uh, he thought I could fix the problem. So, um, well, here's the sunny part of it. The family, um, really committed to this. And, um, I was figuring we were probably going to need somewhere in the neighborhood anywhere from four to maybe like 16 training sessions or, or, you know, behavior modification sessions really, uh, to steer this dog away from it. Cause I wasn't sure how, uh, how really imprinted it was on this dog's dog's psyche and seeing her the first time it was, uh, it was shocking. It was really shocking. They actually had to put up barriers around, uh, certain portions of the house because, uh, Reflections commonly go there and the dog would chase and actually go through the drywall um, or they, she was about to and was also starting to damage uh, property. But more importantly, she was going to injure herself. So again, I'm going to say this again. Please, 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 if you know anybody that plays with a laser pointer with their dog, discourage them. There is a real syndrome uh, that you can Google. The definition of this is actually called laser pointer syndrome or LPS. It's uh, and I'm reading right from from Google Um, it's uh, a detrimental OCD type behavior that stems from the compulsive chasing of reflections, lights, and shadows the AKC reveals that laser usage leads to this behavior due to a dog's frustration, anxiety and confusion about the unattainable red dot now, I peeled this back a little bit further, it's not about the unattainable red dot, it's about the fact that the dog is hardwired to be a predator, and when they cannot capture the prey, even in a simulated sense, they become very despondent. They become anxious, frustrated, confused, lost. Think about it, lost. You know, if if a if, if a if a if a greyhound can't run anymore, they're going to have a hard time with that. If uh, you know, if they're confined twenty four seven, they're going to have a problem with that. You know, if if a tiger can't hunt and actually capture, kill, and, and consume its prey, and it lives in a zoo, you see them. They, they pace obsessively, or they, they're lackadaisical, and the signs of depression and anxiety are very evident. If you come across a dog like this, you're going to see it. But, you know, I'm just looking around just on the web, and lots of different web pages mention this. And the AKC really puts a highlight on it and says, you know, really, it's, it triggers a dog prey drive, just like I said, they want to chase it, and it's an unending game with no closure. That's a direct quote from the AKC. I mean, I said the same thing to my clients without really looking at that in the first place. I know that that could be frustrating. As it is, some dogs will be frustrated about never being able to capture the darn squirrels in their yard. They run out in the yard and the The squirrel goes up the the telephone line or up the side of the house or up up a tree and the dog can't get at it. So that's frustrating. But uh, the fact that this this thing disappears, boy, becomes really, really problematic. So um, in place of that, engagement games, um, prey-related games. let, Let the dog satiate some of that. Let the dog chase and capture something. Let the dog eat something when they get there. Let the dog play with something. Let the dog simulate a kill. Grab, you know, grab a dummy. Grab a, a rope toy. Shake it. Kill it. Drop it. Repeat. Run away. Have the dog chase that. Grab it. Shake. Back and forth. Release. Repeat. Keep going with that. Have the dog retrieve a ball. Retrieve a Frisbee. Whatever that is. But the important thing is to capture that moment knowing when the dog's looking at the reflection – or looking at the shadow, and redirect them in that spot. You know, come to me, touch my hand, sit. Let's play. Get a toy. Let's go, and steer this dog as hard as you can into this other behavior that's positive, that the dog is rewarded by. So you know, I know I've gone this over, gone over this lots of times on, on the podcast, but it's important to mention: what are the dog's rewards? What are they looking for? They're looking for attention. They're looking for affection. They're looking for praise. They're looking for engagement. They're looking for rewards. What kind of – those? all those things I just mentioned are rewards to a degree. Food-based reward. But hey, in this instance, you have a working dog, play. Get the dog to move. Get the dog to think about the next thing. Get the dog to think about the thing that they, they can achieve. And let that dog win. Let that dog in tug. Pull, 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 and you release. And at that critical moment when you release, step backwards, or run back a couple feet, you'll have the dog re-engage with you. I've seen lots of videos with uh, dog trainers teaching engagement, and that's one of the primary ways they do it, and that's the way I do it too. You want the dog to chase you and push that treat right in your hand. You want the dog to, you know, want to continue to engage, but you you really want them to disengage from this destructive behavior. So, guys, that's about all I have at this. If you have a chance, again, go to your podcast provider, follow, subscribe, like, do all that stuff for me. That would be great. Go to www.anchor.fm forward slash adam-casper and become a sponsor. 99 cents a month. Not going to kill anybody, but... I'm trying to keep this going. I'm trying to keep this going without going to subscription based. Um, I just got a new client today uh, that listened to the podcast and thinks that you know this is very valuable. Um, please share, recommend uh, this podcast to other people. And don't forget go to writecbd.com and that's R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com. Get yourself some gummies, get some tincture for you and your family. Help out with your inflammation, your stress, your anxiety. Help out your dog. You know this dog I was referring to, this this Rottweiler, just in this podcast episode, is on CBD from Right CBD. It's working out very well, and they are thrilled. The last thing I didn't tell you guys was we had we had scheduled eight training sessions, behavior modification sessions, whatever you want to call it, and we only got through three of them because it's done. The dog is better, and the family knows how to maintain this. So it's a great success story. Uh, I'm extremely happy, and I want to make everybody know what laser pointer syndrome is and uh, how to desensitize and redirect your dog into a behavior that's acceptable. Anyway, that's all I have for you guys. Please be well, take care, uh, wash your hands, um, take your vitamins, and hey, guys, cheers. Thank you.